we first met, I was on your podcast and then you asked me a question and the, and, and the, the thing that stood out to you was I create adversity or perceived adversity in order to uh, succeed in the arts. Right? Mm-hmm. It, it creates uh, creativity and inspires creativity when you're kind of backs against the wall. And I still believe that's true. But now that I'm a parent and I, I want to give everything to these children and support them in every way possible, I fear that they're not going to... Uh, how, do, how do I give them adversity in order to put their backs against the wall, you know, to, to create their own... I don't know, to, to make... I don't want them to be spoiled brats. Like they need to be, they need, they need drive, they need ambition, they need to figure things out on their own. Yeah, to add context to this, you were listening to a podcast yesterday and there was a guru scientist on there who was like, there's a certain level of, I think he called it like manageable trauma where it's not like too much trauma where you become a drug addict, but it's like enough trauma to make you ambitious and go after your goals. And I was joking with you and kind of, I don't know, kind of joking that I'm, happy that I grew up the way that I did because it's made me a little grittier but then it's like well do you want to like not love your kids as much as you should and give them one less hug at night so that they turn out to be ambitious humans later it's like so jacked up I don't know dude good talk okay next topic (laughs) give me okay no no give me an example like give me a way that you let's some options let's go through the the adversity options here and see which ones maybe. Well, you look at like these, I mean, you hear actors and actors, like I hear other podcasts, these actors who get paid $20 million a picture or whatever, they have the ability to spoil their kids beyond extreme belief. And so, but you hear some of them talk about like, we get, you know, we give them an allowance, but like, and the, the, the quote is like, we're rich, you're not kind of thing. You know, so they, they do keep them humble to an extent, but at the same time, they're all still flying first class. Like, so what do you... You know, how many of those people end up drug addicts too? So there's a lot of still dysfunction there. This past week, Lucy, my oldest, she, um, there's some party at school and you have to trade in these bucks. School systems, I don't know how they are in Canada, but here it's like all behavioral. You know what I mean? Like you do good, you get three bucks and then you get to spend it at the store or whatever. Well, this party, you have to have like 75 of these whatever bucks to go. And she was bawling her ass out in the car. She's like, the party's tomorrow and only have 63 bucks. <laughs> and my tendency, like my mom and the bear came out and I'm like, what the hell? She only needs, like, how, how can I go get her some of these bucks? And I was like thinking, well, I'm going to call her teacher, whatever. <laughs> and then I, it's ridiculous. And then I stopped myself and I'm like. Damn, if she doesn't have enough because she spent it on candy or whatever and she didn't have enough, tough diddly squat. I'm sorry all her classmates get to go, right. you know? So it's stuff like that. I mean, it broke my heart a little bit, but in the same sense, it's like I can't come in and rescue her all the time. My two kids ha- are, are completely different in that. So they have the buck system as well. What's up uh, with the bucks? That's so freaking nuts. I have no idea. It's it's. Uh, I wish I had bucks back when I was their age, but like... The young one, he gets bucks when he asks questions. Like that's the incentive. So you, when you ask a question to the teacher, they'll give you a buck because they want you to ask questions and learn. That's the way you learn. And so the older one, he's a bit of an entrepreneurial fella, right? He's 11, but he's like, dude, all you have to do is ask like a question a day. And by the end of the year, you'll have like 200 bucks or whatever. And, and so like at the end of each day, he's like, did you ask a question? He's like, nah, nah, 
what the hell's wrong with you? Why didn't you ask a question? That's money in the bank. <laughs> so that's cute. I don't know where I was going with that story, but the point is. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. What is something maybe that you, looking back in your childhood, teenage years, whatever, that was kind of like an adversity, a hardship that you're actually grateful for now? Because if we can go reverse engineer this, maybe we can figure out how we can implement it in our kids' lives. We talked about this earlier. I don't know what my adversity is per se, but whatever it is, uh, got me to to be this strange person who can't relax as an adult. What was the thing you mentioned at the beginning? Before we got on the call, you asked me a question and I said yes, and that was the thing. How did you verbalize it? Oh, by the nurturing thing? Yes. Yeah. You said that it was hard. You had a good childhood. Everything was fine. And I said, was your father nurturing and encouraging to you right okay there you go like epic dad very good role model but like not uh, a lovey nurturing fella to be honest neither am i so i get it so it's like how do i so maybe that is it like i've like nothing was ever really good enough and maybe so i'm over compensating now as an adult do you feel like you're nurturing and encouraging to your boys yes but in in this generation I mean, I have still have a hard time expressing, but this generation is just much easier. Yeah. So every time they show me one of their ridiculously terrible videos, I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> and you are. Oh, they never listen to this. He really thinks they suck. But what's your love language out of the five? Definitely physical touch. <laughs> Do you hug them a lot? Yeah. That's a big thing. I mean, I think especially not to be whatever, but as a dude, like that's huge to be able to hug your son's. You know, because a lot of guys aren't like that. Did your dad hug you a lot? No, I don't know. My parent, both of them are, are not uh, physical, uh, physical affection people. That's what I think. A total theory here is that what you didn't get in love from your parents ends up being your love language. Because mine, I really need words of affirmation. And that wasn't in my childhood. Um, in fact, it was the opposite. <laughs> so you say, hey, Heather, you're great. And I'm like, really? Thank you. Where's that for? What's your other one? Or, or do you just have the one? Oh, physical touch for sure. When I got, when we got married, Brian's is active service and his is really just access, access servicing gifts. And like, it was really hard because he'd always just be cleaning everything up all the time. Like it's just annoying. You put a sweater down, it's picked up. Plus he's OCD. Um, and I'm like, what the hell? Why are you just cleaning everything all the time? It would never say anything like, you know what I mean? And so it really, it probably took five years and a lot of whatever to finally get like, oh, he, when he does dishes really, really quickly, then that's his, his thing. Um, doesn't help any, but. <laughs> Did you have to learn that though? Like I, I'm definitely not a, a verbally, um, I have a hard time expressing how, you know, affirmations, do you know what I mean? Is it something you can learn? I think it's an intentional thing because you care about somebody that you have to and that's not that you ever become like oh that's natural for me but you're more intentional like lucy that girl needs a lot of like words of affirmation and i can do that because i do that with people like i'm always like my friends people i care about I'm like you're amazing you're awesome go <laughs> i mean it's other people in her life have had to really learn how to be more verbal with her because I don't I think know. During this conversation, I've put the matrix together in my head because I find myself doing it too. When someone gives me a piece of news or or shows me something or whatever, although it's good, it's not flawless, and I have to point out the flaws because I'm a fixer. 
right? I know, I, I know how to make this perfect. If, if we, if, if that even exists. And that was my childhood. That was, that was it. I was doing tons of stuff, but if you did this, we could achieve this. Interesting. I just figured it out. So <laughs> you're like, over. I'm fixed. Here's okay. And I know we wrap this up, but here's something to think about uh, with kids to wrap this back around. I think we need to be careful to withhold whatever their love language is because that's fundamentally what they need. And then when we think about adding intentional adversity in their life, making sure it's still not robbing them from their love language. So with Lucy, I would never like keep words of affirmation away from her because she needs that. But I might be willing to not let her have as much stuff or make her work harder or whatever because... I know it's not going to permanently traumatize her. I have no idea if that's accurate or not. We need a psychologist on, but I just thought of it and I thought it sounded smart. Russell Peter had the, has a joke from 20 years ago where he's like, um, he get, he comes from an Indian background and he just, he, all of his jokes were about getting beaten by his dad or whatever. And then sometimes like he'd just be doing nothing and his dad would come over and swat him. He's like, what was that for? <laughs> just in case. <laughs> Maybe that's just it. I don't know. It's, it's how do you... Uh, uh, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Here's another thing to think about. What about not swooping in to save your kids all the time? Like if they have a problem with something, making them figure it out themselves. And I'm not good at that. I, I wanted to swoop in and call her teacher and be like, why can't the girl have some more butts so she can go to the stuff instead of letting Lucy freaking figure it out herself or not go. You're right. Just creating some independence in them somehow, maybe even at this impressionable age. And then maybe it'll manifest into adult things. They have to. Don't we worry they'll go to therapy one day and be like, my dad really effed me up. I worry about that all the time. I'm like, please don't have to go to therapy and hate me. <laughs> I want to do good. Right. We're trying to do the best we can. But are we overachieving at that? Are we trying too hard not to get there so that we're overcompensating, thus ironically screwing it up? What are we doing with our lives where we are now? I don't know. Here's the deal. We care. Whoever's listening probably cares about their kids. I worked at a children's home for a while. And you see what really shitty parents actually are. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we're going to F up, but I'll never forget those kids and what they went through. And so it's just kind of like, as long as we effing care and we're trying, you know what I mean? You're that not beating your boys. Don't they say like 80% of parenting is just showing up? We can't help that. They're always there. They're always around. <laughs> no matter what. They find you. They find right. you. All right. Well, we solve no problems, but if you have an idea of how you can add intentional adversity into your children's lives without traumatizing them, hit us up. We don't solve problems, but we do waste time. So if you... <laughs> see you next time.